Welcome to They Just Get It. My name is Tyler Chisholm, and I'm very excited to be sitting here with my guests today on this sunny and slightly fresh Calgary morning, I think minus 21. I'm here with Lara Murphy from Ryan Murphy Construction. Good morning, Lara. Hi, how are you? I am very good. Really excited to meet with you today. We've known each other for quite a few years. Um, we've been maybe, I don't know, six, seven, eight, yeah. nine years yeah. and kind of watched your success that you've had and the work you've done around town and been able to be in some of the locations that you, you and your team have built out. I think you guys have left a mark in the city, but I've always been really impressed with your, like, just go get it, get it done. Nothing holds me back. We've chatted lots about this. And so when I was thinking about having you, having guests, you were one of the top people on my list of someone I I want to come in. And and the whole point of They Just Get It is being curious enough to learn people's stories. And you guys have been around, I think, 10 years now. That's right, yes. 10 years you've been in business. Uh, Fast growth, 50, profit, 500, entrepreneur. You're checking the box. And you you guys do fantastic work. So you've had some recognition. It's one of those times that it's easy for people to probably look in and go, oh, wow, that's great. must be going awesome. But we all know there's a story. Yes. There's a story behind the scenes. So maybe give us a few minutes. Tell us a little bit from your perspective on, on your company, your organization, and then we'll get a little bit into the backstory. Yeah, you bet. No, thank you. and appreciate being here very much. Um, this is great. I love this concept. And I think uh, as a business owner, as you mentioned, we've had Ryan Murphy Construction now for 10 years. So uh, we actually formed during the downturn in 08. And uh, we're still slugging it out here in, in Calgary uh, in this current Second, downturn. You, you, stayed, you stayed around for <laughs> the round two. Mm. Yes, haven't, yeah. we, haven't we all? <laughs> yes, yes, we will be stronger for it. Um, so yes, so we're primarily a commercial contracting firm. And um, we work mostly in Calgary, but we've also done several projects in Edmonton, Toronto, Victoria, and Vancouver. And uh, for, That's a good breath. I didn't yeah. know you guys done some projects in Toronto. That's awesome. You bet. Yeah. We've done some work for SoulCycle and some other big franchises. And just typically once we do a build out here or somewhere in Alberta, it's sometimes they're very similar. So then we will be able to build a relationship with the client and travel with them according to how their expansion plan. That's a great way to expand through like one trusted partner. Absolutely. You know, you know them, they know you, you know how you work, things get easy, they get efficient. And you know, from as a business owner, you're always looking for partners that can help you maintain consistency, especially when you're growing like that. Yeah, you you know, absolutely. It's been great. And you learn about the city and it's an easy way to sort of, I guess, put your toe into the water so to speak without showing up and saying hey does anyone want to work <laughs> yeah. with me that's we've grown similarly like yes. kind of a pull versus push strategy yeah it's it's a, such a nicer and i'll be honest less risky way to, yep. to grow you bet and that's uh that's top of mind for us and we do get asked quite often to bid different projects throughout the country and depending on how the structure set up we're we're keen but we need to make sure that we've got the boots on the ground literally and figuratively to accomplish the job and leave the client happy and satisfied so uh, job one, yes, customer centric. So I'm curious. So t- tell me a little bit, but just for anyone who's listening, because th- whether if you understand the construction industry, that's great. If not, typically, what, like, what's your core team? What's the core team at your organization? Sure. Well, Ryan Murphy is primarily made up of uh, project managers, project coordinators, and site superintendents. So we okay. oversee the project and we sub out all of the work as far as the hands on. So we have several trade partners that we work with, and I, I think now we're up to almost 800 over the course of 10 years that we've partnered with. And they're, they're an integral part of how we do our business and function. Well, that's your ability to actually execute on the, on the bottom line. You, you bet. Like so many of us, you're only as good as the team you surround yourself yeah, with. We're only and, as- and for you, a lot of those people aren't, they're not employees. 
That's right. Like they're running their own business. They're small business owners. They're probably yep. teams to probably one off guys doing guys and gals doing their own thing. Hundred percent. And we we have a great selection of individuals that we'll go to, and some of our sub trades have been with us from day one, and it's it's fabulous. We really put a lot of emphasis on um, treating them well and and trying to help them work through the process and really tailor what jobs we place or ask them to bid on according to their strengths. So you know not all individuals or or companies will be able to pull off a 22,000 square foot office build out but they might be able to go and do a boxing studio so we can really navigate the waters and try to keep our pool of of uh, men and women um, as as uh, fertile as possible in order to keep that well it's about being matchmaker as well like the right people for the right role setting people up for success and you know we all want to stretch a little bit but is it too far and, exactly. you know, and as business owners, you say yes a lot. Yes, of course we can do that. And then you figure out how to, how to get it done. But having that right team and again, setting, I'm a big advocate. So easy to also not set your team up for success by kind of overstating. And then they don't feel like they're being successful. It, it, it creates a different culture. There's two different cultures come out of that. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's, it's very important and to your point. I mean, we're, we often say we're only as good as our worst trade and uh, there's no shortage of, of stories out there with, you know, contracting jobs gone wrong. I think wrong. everybody and has a bad contractor story. Betcha, and, and that's the, the dialogue that we're looking to change. And really the whole reason or primary, primary reason that Karen and I even started the company was to, to make a difference and do something different in this, in the industry, because it is, um, old school in many ways and it's changing and if the world's changing and we have to yes, it is. move with it but that said there's uh, a ton of opportunity in the way that we communicate with our clients and and our sub trades and also the team within Ryan Murphy so it's it's really all important they all have to you know weave together like a, a really beautiful quilt or blanket and each thread is very important and all of it makes up the fabric of what we do every day and I think that you know that has to stay top of mind in order to make it all we're honestly we're problem solvers and you know it's a matter of something will go wrong and most most businesses <laughs> it's not if it's, it's not if it's when absolutely I, yeah, I think we've all had that and it's how you handle it and uh, work through the problem and and uh, you know not throw anyone under the bus so to speak and go from there so it's it's uh, it's always challenging everything's new every day there's always a a different situation and we might have a client that's a long-term you know, we've done several projects for them, call us and say, Hey guys, we've got X, Y, and Z and boom, you know, we've got something totally different and it's a matter of two hours and we need to mobilize and move forward. So we've really worked on strengthening those relationships, but Calgary offers a, an amazing playground for business owners, entrepreneurs and, and building that community. And that's been, it it does. It's one of the things I love the most about Calgary and I've lived in different parts of the country and there's just, you know, a couple people I've had on the show, we've all talked about it the same way. It's just like, well, I'm successful, you're successful, let's be successful together. And the opportunity to, like, people will give you a chance to prove value. Absolutely. It's not about, well, do I know your dad or do I know your uncle or who are you? And Calgary's got such an entrepreneurial, mm-hmm. it, I think it lends so well to businesses like mine, like yours, because you meet each other and it, there's this, like, let's do it together and be successful together. That I, You know, I'm not, not saying anything bad about the rest of Canada. I just, I've never experienced it to the same degree as I have here. Yeah, and I couldn't agree more, I think. And, and what I've really found over the course of the last four years with this latest downturn, that more than Ever, it's become apparent and that you know we need to continue to support one another 
and help each other for no immediate gain. So to really go out of our way to, you know, look at other businesses, peoples, and, and try to elevate one another in a manner that will help everyone be successful because that's, we're stronger, you know, there's strength in numbers. Well, uniting against the common enemy right now, which is the downturn. Yeah. Because I don't care what's, what, what sector you're in, if you're in Western Canada, if you're in Alberta, you're being affected by it one way or the other. And there's pockets of businesses that are doing well, yep. but we all know somebody. It's it's very real. And, and you know, if it can happen to someone else, it can happen to you. That's kind of the scary reality sometimes. When you see something, you're like, oh, that couldn't happen to me. You're like, well, I, yeah, until it does. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then the left hook comes out of nowhere. <laughs> Next thing yeah. you're on your on the floor going, what happened? I didn't even see that coming. You're right. Because you just, you know, as a business owner, we typically, t- you know, hit the ground running. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, until something that has a huge impact really comes into your life, you don't really change your lens. And I think that this last, I know for myself personally, that's really what happened. It's like I, I had a new prescription of glasses and was like, oh, okay. That's a nice way to put it because it's all how you filter the world. We're all looking at the same situation, seeing it from a, you know, a myriad of perspectives. That's right. Yeah. But you know, it lends opportunity to really, I've, I've found to bring the team into the fold in a way that you can allow yourself as a business owner to be a bit more vulnerable in that you can share with them some of you know your worries and concerns and even certain amount of financials and be able to work through those things as a team together rather than shielding and looking to protect them. I think that with any strong unit, you really need to bring them into the thick and allow them to understand, hey, okay, let's let's look at this and ask them, you know, there, there's valuable ideas and insight with all Good of Good ideas team. can come from anywhere, but it takes a team to execute. Yeah, that's, that's right. And it's so true. I think that's that old, uh, as, as companies become more transparent and, you know, everything from social media, our world is becoming more transparent and pretending to insulate people from something that they they know. Everybody, mm-hmm. We all know what's going on. And if there's a weird hush around the office, that's actually way worse. Absolutely. You know, you can't fix the secret. There's lots of, there's lots of, they're all true. Yeah, it's so true. <laughs> Get it out there and talk about it. So, true. so let's circle back a little bit. So I'm, I'm assuming that, you know, as a young girl going to school, the guidance counselor was like, you should run your own construction company. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that, that's what I thought. That's kind of yeah, how I thought it unfolded. It you, you, you grew up in the East Coast, correct? That's right. I grew up in New Brunswick, in St. John, New Brunswick. So I uh, spent most of my childhood there. And, um, you know, it's one of those things that I, for whatever reason, I always had this innate curiosity um, around how things were constructed and built. So looking back, my mom would tell me uh, the superpower that I wanted to have as a kid was x-ray vision. And it was so I could see within the walls of my school and my house to understand That's how awesome. things were built. So a little bit uh, <laughs> a little bit bizarre, but um, I remember it very much. And I was the eldest of three children growing up. And uh, so often I I would be babysitting and it was not uncommon for my parents to go out for an evening and when they came back, you know, the house was rearranged or I changed the light fixture and actually last week my mom reminded me of a story where um, we moved down to the basement, my brother and I after a certain age, I think I was 12 and had our own bedrooms there you know, big move. And absolutely <laughs> privacy, independence like to, absolutely. Yes, and uh, I guess I'd realized at some point that my brother's door for his bedroom had a lock on it and mine didn't so mom told me that one night I actually just switched the doors from his bedroom to mine not even just the lock you switched the whole yeah. door so I, I guess I didn't quite know how to take the handle off but you I took just, the macro yeah, approach like, yeah, yeah yeah okay no problem I don't like mom. this wall I'm gonna change the wall <laughs> so, so yeah so from a young age and they were really encouraging and I had a, a wonderful um, well all my grandparents were amazing I had one grandfather my mom's dad in particular who was really encouraging around architecture and building and would talk to me a lot we would drive around in his uh, Buick Skylark a lot and uh, yeah he would tell me you know Lara life will pass in the blink of an eye and and don't hesitate 
continue to grow and do what you need to do. So that was his words are a lot of, of great stories. We would go kart race um, together and and uh, build a lot of memories that I'll cherish forever. God rest his soul. So, um, but he, you know, again, just that innate curiosity and it, it, um, I think started around the house where I would just do these odd jobs for my mom and dad, mm-hmm. and and then eventually the neighbors started asking me. So. I would get paid, whether it was to shovel or build a fence or paint a house. And at 16, I decided to start Handy Student Maintenance. So that was my first business. Oh, was your first business. First business. So I uh, went. Oh, so you have been on this path right from the <laughs> get go. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I would go door to door. In your DNA, literally. Yeah, and uh, hand out flyers and do odd jobs. So I was very proud at 16. I actually got my license on driver's license on my birthday and I remember I could fit two lawnmowers in the trunk of my car and I had a roof racks and put ladders on there and I would just you know beam around town and do what I could to make some cash and then funny enough um, I was recruited to play soccer in Europe uh, at 16 a few weeks later and um, and having that opportunity to travel to England and you know it it, it I mean, for a whole host of reasons, and I mean, sport has been a huge part of my life and certainly built a lot of, uh, of the leadership skill and, and character that I, I uh, direct my life with and the team within Ryan Murphy. But, you know, to see all the age of, of Europe and the architecture, it just solidified and deepened my love for all things old. That right influence at the right time. You bet. Already building on something that yeah. was there. Yeah, absolutely. So your parents, super supportive, grandparents in your life. Were your parents in construction? Were, were they in not anything? Not at all. Not at all. Anything related? No, not at all. My dad was a business owner, but no. I mean, we would, I built a tree house. I think that was probably my first big project that I did on my own. Treehouse is, that's, that's a real thing. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. And I was very pleased that I was able to figure out how to build a ladder, um, on it with a rope. And so I could pull the rope up and then, um, my brother and sister cannot get I into see a the theme. I need to lock up my door. <laughs> I, I see, okay. I see a bit of a theme. I'm a team player, yeah. but I, but the other time stay yeah, out. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, it was great, but we, yeah, we had a lot of fun and we had a summer cottage where I was able to experiment with a lot of different, you know, building, helping yep. build the war for the deck. And, uh, we built a, always a project at the cottage. Totally. We had a, a water slide, so my dad and I put a sump pump into the lake. Because uh, a dry water slide is the worst. As much as you want to lose the skin <laughs> off your back. That's right. <laughs> it's hot and you don't pour water. Anyway, so yeah, as a kid, because you're so enthusiastic. Yes. Yes. An exfoliating yeah. scrub on your way yeah. down the slide. It's quite funny, but yeah, we had really <laughs> thick uh, poly on it. And uh, yeah, so I was very popular for that summer. No it was doubt. Great. Yeah, so no, really just from a young age, honestly, I, I had an interest and, and um, worked each summer at a, a small business in construction, doing something in the industry to pay for school and I ended up going to Mount Allison University and playing soccer there and we had a coach who was amazing at uh, getting us traveling we went all over the world we were all over Europe all through the states to play and compete Bermuda and just had an amazing time and so through all of that travel through uh, university and the Canada games it really um, each summer I would just do these businesses and I, I loved it but I I wanted to be a lawyer. I wanted to go into law school, and that was my. At goal. that point, really, it was it was your side hustle. It was your summer job. 100%. We, we, again, all the things you do in the course of a summer job you that, that are just literally, I need to make money. Absolutely, and to your point about the guidance counselor, I mean, certainly, I mean, it wasn't on my radar even after doing it for so long. Each summer, it wasn't until a soccer coach came to me, and I'll never forget the day I was carrying the balls down to the field, and we were going to practice, and. He just said, Lara, you know, you have you ever considered construction as a career? You do these small businesses, you run them every summer, you pay for school. And and I remember 
honestly, I had never it had never entered my mind that it would be something I would ever do as a as a career. But those words, you know, really resonated with me, and I think it it um, it really planted a seed, and so it allowed me to think and expand how I would look into my future. Well, you mentioned lenses before about different lens Absolutely. and different things. And all of a sudden, literally somebody just reached over and gave you a new pair of glasses. Yep. It's perspective, you know? And, um, I think we all have a moment in our several in our lives. We look back at, you know, whether it's a teacher an influencer or something that's happened to you, that's changed. TSN the turning point. Like, okay, I would, I could have went left or right. Yep. And I can see both paths. Exactly. Those are interesting when you can look back and it's very conscious. If I would have went this way, what would have happened? Who exactly. would I have met? Where would I be? Yep. But and I didn't. I went that way. And, and, and here you sit. And it's a series of steps. But usually the, it's interesting when there's a moment. Yep. You can pinpoint it. And I think for me, it definitely was one of those, those uh, TSN turning points. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that one for a while. It seemed appropriate for some reason. It's good. The sports no, it's analogy. Good. It's, it felt like it tied in. I like in. <laughs> it. I like it. Yeah. So that's, and that's really what started the, the journey. So you're late teens at this point? Early yeah, 20s? I was, I was. University level? 20. Playing yeah. university soccer yeah, at, a high, right. at a high level. That's correct. Yeah. So high performance environment, competitive, mm-hmm. but also traveling. So you're meeting lots of people, lots of cultures. Absolutely. Hopefully meeting new cultures and then beating them at sport. Like things yeah. like that. <laughs> we, we, we got our, our butts handed to us a lot. So. I had some friends that played soccer here and went to Europe. They yeah. thought they were good and they were like... It's one guy, level. like it crippled his sense of personal identity. He was a goalie and he got just oh destroyed. Yeah. that's. And he, he talks about it like later years and almost like you can almost see a tear welling up, like on the field crying as he just yes. like gets shot on over. He talked about it being a different league. <laughs> yeah. And absolutely. And they've just, they've just been doing it that much longer and have, yeah. have such a depth of, you know, we would play the guys teams because we were with, you know, when you have all the women that are the best at what they're doing, we totally. just didn't have the population. I mean, again, we're in New Brunswick and we're in Canada. So, it's a whole different yeah. dynamic. It's a whole different so dynamic. yes, but it, you know, it taught me a lot. And I th- often think to, um, Michelle Obama's talk when she was here in Calgary and just learning lessons from failing and, and to fail up and to mm. really embrace that. And I think that looking back, you know, building that tenacity and, you know, as a business owner, you know, you need to have that ability to pick yourself back up because you, you may not win every proposal. You absolutely won't succeed at everything you do. What's well, Winston Church to go from, to go from one loss to the next with no loss of enthusiasm. I think that's absolutely. the quote that comes to mind when you're talking. Exactly. And as a business owner, I think that like in life, that's true. But in business owner, those failures seem to be, they're frequent in all shapes and sizes. hundred percent. And you, so then, you know, it leads you to, becoming comfortable at being uncomfortable and that's also you know to go back to the community piece in Calgary I think to put yourself out there and I often feel that I've had a bit of an advantage not being from the city because when I started thinking you know in a a bit of a nerve-wracking way okay well how do I I moved here you know, Oh six. How did you end up in Calgary? What I, was, cause that's a big, there's a big, that's a yeah. big flight. It's a big drive. There's yeah. a lot of things to get. No, from for sure. Well, I actually came out here for a wedding and met someone oh, nice. and that's what brought me to Calgary. And the rest so is history. Okay. When I came, I literally knew one person and uh, had to start over. So it was, it was uh, a whole different challenge, especially coming from a community like New Brunswick and being in the soccer world for so long. And that was my life and identified me. So it was totally took me out of my element, but when I really put myself out there, what I found is that it, um, it just, I, I just, I loved it. I had a hunger and I was very fortunate to end up in Inglewood, uh, which is basically a town within the city it is. in Calgary. It's a great it's, little it's, it's community. It's a borough. We, it I, was, I was talking about someone like, I don't, I never thought of Calgary that way, but it's kind of come up recently. Yeah. And even I met with Connor from local laundry sure. and talking about, they really showcase that of like, where are you from? And the pride of the pride of ownership Absolutely. And, and Calgary being, we all, you know, we're all from somewhere else. So 
you know, I grew up in a small town in That's Quebec right. and I moved, I literally moved across the country. I'd never been here before with all my stuff and showed up and like, Oh my God, I don't have it. I don't have a dentist. I don't have a, I don't have anybody. Yep. So that sense of loss of community is very real. So it when is. you start to get it back, I think it's very powerful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel the same way. Absolutely. And I think looking at our, you know, with Ryan Murphy, our first build that we did in Inglewood was gravity cafe. Okay. And you know, that is another turning point for us where we did this project. It was the first build out in with Andy at gravity in that, at that building, the Atlantic art building. He was the first to do a, a store, a shop. And, and then from that, what it garnered and work for us moving forward and his support over the years, it's just, it was a game changer and uh, not the biggest money maker by any stretch, but but value comes in a lot of different ways. It does. I mean, you touched on that earlier. It's, yep. Yeah, monetary sometimes takes. A lo- you got to go around a couple times on that. But sure. what are you willing to invest, or what are you willing to you know what are you willing to put out there? And sometimes it's also playing the long game. Yep. one business that's often playing the long it game. It is. It is, and building those relationships and moving forward. But yeah, I've always I've always really felt because of to your point of not a lot of people are from Calgary that it, it does create a, a totally different dynamic and sense of community that it's easy to have that conversation to say, Hey, where are you from? Oh, wow. Okay. What brought you here? And just automatically there's a, there's a commonality with uh, so many people and there's just a willingness for each of us to try to really empower and lift, lift one another up. So I read a book recently, just, um, uh, 21 Lessons by Yuval Harari and he talked about, or even Sapiens, some of his other books, but he talked about, you know, our ability to unite around a shared story. When all of our shared stories are that we're from somewhere else, you know, that in itself is, is unifying because you don't have that sense of like, oh, you're, you're, you're looking for those kind of, I find it such an easy town to meet people in. Yes. And I think that might be that shared story. Even yeah. when you and I first met, like yeah. both from somewhere else, yeah. kind of just ended up here, both fell in love with it, stayed, yeah. could have went anywhere, but didn't. There's a lot of commonalities and, you know, I, I've become a Calgarian and I'm proud to say that. And when I go back home, I feel like a bit of a tourist now. So, you know, and that did, that took a few years to happen, but when it does and you meet people like, you know, when you and I met, there's a, there's a connection that happens and I wouldn't even be able to articulate what it was at the time. But now looking back and unpacking, I'm like, oh yeah, we did have more in common than yeah. I even realized. Yeah. And that's very true. And I, I feel the same. It's, uh, yeah, you go, um, home is always home, but yeah, definitely, sure. um, yeah, I, I, I feel the same that Calgary, like there's just, there's something, there's an energy here. And, and there I is. think, you know, we just need to continue to group together and, uh, and, and push forward and get through this, this, uh, rough this, this too shall pass as, <laughs> yes, as they say, right. I'm going to keep sticking with that. Itch, yes. Yeah, absolutely. This one is holding on a little bit longer. I, I think than everybody wants. I but. know it's true. So got here in 06, um, we're eight, we're 10 years in. So 2018, uh, so 2008, 2000, do my math here, 2008. So you had a couple years before you actually formally said we should start a, a company. Yeah. So, um, I, I came out here and initially I worked for a developer and, uh, started, um, doing a lot of, uh, uh, deficiency work within uh, a couple of different multifamily units. I was fixing stuff. I started at the bottom of the uh, hierarchy at that particular company. And within a couple of years, I was a uh, project manager and uh, worked uh, lots of mul- multifamilies in Marta Loop and Kensington and Parkdale and uh, really got my feet wet because my the I think the, the real, cha- another changing point just to backtrack was after kind of hanging up my boots uh, with soccer, I ended up buying an old house in St. John, New Brunswick that okay. was built oh, that's... in 1830. So now my, oh, wow. my Inglewood home in 1912 feels very modern to me, but... Um, <laughs> Almost 80 years newer. <laughs> right? Yeah. So... It, 70, 80 years. Unbelievable. So in that, being uh, as young as I was when when I bought the that old house, um, 
I started fixing up. I had no money to hire contractors, so I continued. I really got into doing the heritage restoration work, and that was really formed a new love for me. And then it became inadvertently a show suite for me, myself and my friends that people would ask me, oh, well, can you help me do this? And so I, I, I fell in love with that aspect of work um, when it came to any type of construction as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so, uh, you know, coming out here, starting over, working for the developer, and uh, basically um, after a couple of years I felt like I knew the city well enough and at that time you know things were booming and then if you've not lived through a boom in Calgary again it's very difficult to articulate but um, let's just say I, I felt the world was my oyster and I could do anything and so I was ready to start something so I started a small uh, restoration firm initially um, called Freshco and um, we did a lot of work in around Inglewood which is where my home is and uh, from there I actually got a phone call to do a project in Banff from an old roommate at university who was doing uh, some work out of Toronto and she just said Lara I can't get anyone to go to this project in Banff and I said well I'll go so I ended up uh, scooting S- say yes yes, just say yes always and figure it I'm, out, a, yeah. I'm a yes woman so um <laughs> Went there to, to work on this retail store, and uh, that's where I met Karen Ryan on the job site. So she was working for a firm, a construction company out of Montreal, okay. and we were the only two women on the job site, and so naturally gravitated, became fast friends, conversation, uh, went for dinner after work on several occasions, and really started that conversation around what our experiences were, um, some similar, some different in the industry, but I think the, the biggest thing was what what changes we would love or wanted to see in the construction how industry. Could, how could we make this thing better? Well, yes, exactly. And what was her role? She was in a, what, what was her, she was, so a, project, she was a project manager. Project manager, That's yeah, right. Yeah. That. So, and she, she traveled across the country building uh, eight different stores for this one particular retailer. And um, yeah, I was working really hard and wasn't spending much time at home. And again, you know, you have a perspective where I always, we, we like to joke that I had the loose screw as the entrepreneur and she just had a bit more of that practical experience with commercial and retail. So it was, it was, um, it took several months of conversation as you know, but eventually we ended up uh, founding Ryan Murphy in uh, on September 24th, 2008. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, and having, and it came up yesterday, it's come up in a couple, like the, because the, I myself have a very strong like business partnership when done well, because yeah. you hear a lot of horror stories around it, but I think it's good to celebrate and <laughs> there's good marriages, there's bad marriages. It's That's kind right. of a business marriage is the way I always look at it. But you know, when you find that right partner or whatever it looks like, and usually it's a compliment, like there's, there's shared values and there's shared, shared morals and shares a way you look at the world, but having someone who kind of fills in that blanks for you and, and likewise can make such an impact on a business. I wouldn't want to do it any other way. It's more fun. It is more fun. And it's better. I think the outcome yep. is better. You're mm. right. And I, we, we definitely complement one another in different strengths. And I think, you know, we, we looking back at 08 after we founded, you know, we had some, several contracts lined up for big outfits out of the states retailers that were moving into calgary in the canadian market and literally tyler overnight they disappeared after the financial crisis and so karen and i quite quickly realized that okay um wow so we were so you got, your left hook came early in the business really early yeah oh, wow. really okay. early and you know what what happened was you know we we felt at the time we were taking you know three steps back because we were doing the demolition we were doing a lot of the runs to the dump. I mean, I, I often tell the story and, you know, here we, I was in my, my Chevy Cheyenne um, heading out to the dump and I have, at the time had one little pug named Ruby and the guys at the gate 
knew Ruby because I was there so often and would have biscuits for her. So yeah, it <laughs> you, was, you were a regular is what I you're was saying. You absolutely were regular. a regular. So, so, you know, it, it, as frustrating as it was and, and at the time super stressful, um, looking back it, it gave Karen and I the opportunity to learn about one another, our strengths, our investments, and just how, how willing we were to get this Ryan Murphy off the ground. We're very rarely defined by our success. The world maybe looks at it that way, but Absolutely. it's it's the trials and tribulations and the stuff that's, that that character. doesn't break you. That's right. Yes, no, I can see the way you're telling the story. The whole like, oh, that yeah. that was that was that was real. It was rough. So um, that's so. How long you guys? You lost these contracts. You're only in the business not even a year yet. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is super new, and you're like, this this is bullshit. What am what I is doing? going on here? Why? Help me. So yes, yeah, so we just <laughs> you know, and then we just you know gradually had some momentum building, and we it's like anything. It's just oh, we just need a shot. We just need our foot in the door, and we would you know gradually getting certain contracts and being able to work through it. I mean, we worked out of our basements for five years. We didn't hire our first employee for five years. So we did everything very methodically, but also in a way that it felt comfortable for us. And right. through that time, we learned what our strengths and weaknesses were. And and uh, looking back, we wouldn't change it for the world because it allowed us to really gain control in a way that we would never have had if we had continued on with some of those contracts. We right. were ill-prepared. And as, as a, not just everything happens for a reason. Exactly. I don't always believe everything happens for a reason. What you make of it is the, becomes the reason, you know, know, sometimes it's kind of like, Oh, everything happens for a reason. No, this happened and we made the best of it. And here's the situation. I think that's perspective. Absolutely. And, and being proactive of like, absolutely. Of course, something's going to happen. I'm not going to do six months later. Oh, that was so true. No, this is how I spun it. And you know, being a business owner, like you said about resilience and adaptability and resourcefulness, Mm -hmm. if you don't have those, Mm -hmm. it's tough because those left hooks are coming all the time. All the time. Yeah, you need a, a little bit of dementia. I was joking. <laughs> Just the right amount of crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't, no. don't forget. Uh, you, you need to forget things in short term and move forward really quickly. So that... Um, yeah, selective memory. Yeah. Like, forget the pains, remember the... I'm curious about something I want to ask, and we've chatted about it, uh, you know, kind of off offline a little bit. Two women getting into the construction business. Any roadblocks, any... Or was that even a thing? I know it's all about perspective, but I'm, I'm curious. And I, yeah, I don't know. No, did you, did you have to kick some doors back down? And so, yeah, you know, I think um, it's probably the question we get asked the most often. And um, to be honest, uh, we touched on this earlier offline, but it really wasn't until we had our first magazine spread. Um, with a national publication. What, that, what was the magazine? It was in Chatelaine. That's what I thought. Yeah. My grandmother probably would have yes, read it. Would have read totally, it. She would have loved it. Totally. <laughs> which is, you know, it. the most non-construction magazine, but at the time... But iconic it was, Canadian magazine. Oh, totally. That's great. Yeah, and it was, we'd made the... Pro, uh, W100, so the top 100 entrepreneurs in Canada. I, I remember seeing that article, actually. Yeah. So, you know, that's only 2014, which it feels like a lifetime ago, but it's, it's only five years. So um, the journalist writing the piece turned to Karen and I and just said, my God, like you guys are such an anomaly in this industry. You need to tell the story. And it, it's one of those moments where you come, you know, being a pilot, you know, 30,000 feet and you were, and, and it was a totally different perspective we hadn't even considered. So we were just doing what we were doing because we loved it. And we saw that there was an opportunity for us in the market and being women, wasn't ever really something. Your opportunity was there's a need for good work. Absolutely. We know we can do it. We want to deliver. We're passionate about it. I think that's, that's fantastic. It, it's a, 
it's so easy to kind of almost would maybe to minimize it. When I actually first heard about you, it was the story of like it was uh, what was it high heel like steel toed high oh women in work boots or women something? in work boots. That buddy of mine's like I know these women are doing this thing. I think it's really cool. Yeah. These ladies are awesome. You should. So it was a little bit of that angle, and he's, sure. but they're really great. They do awesome work. I, when I first first if I go back to when I first heard of you, your, right. your, your reputation preceded you, but it was tied with with uh, yeah with that initi- initiative in Calgary, you bet. which at the time I I thought it was awesome. Yeah. Like and in marketing. It got it got noticed. I noticed it. I'm like, you know, clearly you still have to follow up with being good at what you do. That's right. Gender gender goes by the wayside. Male female doesn't matter. If you can't deliver, yeah, then it just becomes good or bad yes. business. Execution is everything, and I yeah, and so you know, it's definitely been something that people do remember who we are because often, not always, but often yeah. because of the fact that we are a female owned company and, um, and it's, it's led to amazing conversations. It's led to incredible phone calls that I have opportunity to take, you know, walking young men and women through job sites and uh, an ability that, you know, I've really embraced it from the sense of, Hey, if that's how people will recognize us from the beginning, then that's okay. And uh, well, because that might get you in the room, but the good work is what gets you on the one hundred on the on, on the, the preferred vendor list. That's right, and that's that's what it's all about. So yeah, we've had to follow through um, with the good work and leading a company. In, Which you do your reputation, well, obviously. I just love the city, and you know, I, I love to be involved. I love to give back. I find it incredible, yourself included, just the amount of individuals that do have their own businesses here and are doing such great work and are continuing on and only getting stronger. And it's just, uh, I find it really inspiring. You know, I can pick up a book and read lots about um, individuals I don't know, but I'm most inspired by those that, whether it's a mentee, I love the reverse mentee concept. Um, you know, I know I learn probably more from people that would probably say I'm their mentor than that, <laughs> I 100% first. agree with you. Something will come out, you'll be like, ooh, that was good. Like, yeah. Yes. Because when you put yourself out there in a learning or teaching or just in that environment of supporting someone else, learning is like it happens. You learn nuance. It's it's, and you're right. It's part of what why why my inspiration around they just get it. I listened to a lot of podcasts, but they were all people from the U.S. or globally and like big names, and it, they were interesting, but it wasn't relatable. Right. Like you know that power of being able to relate to someone when they're in your community, and there's so many really great people that I know. Like you're against so many in Calgary that we're not maybe the best at toting our own stories. Yeah. No, I agree. Maybe Canadians in general were too no, humble in that no, way. So if I can tell other people's stories and get them out and pull, I think it's a great opportunity and it's really inspiring because, you know, if someone's inspired by your story, they can literally just reach out and have a chat with you. Exactly. And I think that's so wonderful that, it, you know, so have you found yourself, like you said, like becoming more of a mentor? Is it, and you said young men, young women, is yeah. that something, it seems like you're embracing it more now in, in your career professionally from yeah, what I've seen absolutely. from the outside. It's, it's been, it's been really inspiring. I think, um, the last few years in particular, there seems to be, um, a need for, you know, whether it's uh, speaking engagements or uh, working with different organizations. And, you know, I randomly might get an email from a graduate of SATE in construction management program and they just want to talk and have my ear and I, I'll do that. And um, I always leave feeling inspired and, and better for it, just like a workout. You know, sometimes you, you're not so certain but when you go in, but after you... You never regret it afterwards. Ever, I ever. wish I hadn't done that. No, absolutely. Exactly. So it's a similar concept, and I think just having that uh, willingness to be hunger, um, hungry and wanting to learn and move forward and, and really build the community forward. And I often look at um, Jim Button with Village 
and Mm -hmm. how he, you know, gave back so much to the community and helping the craft beer movement and what that's done for our city in a way that really, you know, a lot of individuals in the past, the way that business was run, you know, it's like, keep your cards as close to your chest as you can. And it's, uh, it's inspiring. And I think, you know, I, I definitely, um, aspire to and admire him in a way that, um, you know, I try to model a lot of who I am and what I do from a business sense, uh, around that, where you can share things. And I think, uh, you know, within the construction industry, it, it is fairly siloed. And is it what I, and this is my armchair view from the outside and it, it feels like it's still a bit old school. Like in like, and I don't want to say old boys because that 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 sounds gender based, but it's a bit of an old boys club. We've done it the way we've always done it. You know, we don't innovate because we don't have to, or we don't, or. or but I'm seeing now, obviously, not, nothing like a downturn to sharpen people's pencils. So I'm seeing a little bit of a shift, and I think we're seeing it through the oil and gas sector in general. Like you know, as a, as a company, we didn't do a lot of work in the oil and gas sector up to the last couple of years. But it's the companies that came and said, you know what, we got to do something different. Mm-hmm. Maybe communicating our brand, or communicating our value, or even actually identifying what our value truly is to yeah, our customers. Absolutely. Maybe we need to have that conversation. So. I, have you seen a shift? And I know you guys have been leading that and how you do it, which is just because you believed in it. Mm-hmm. But is overall, is the industry changing? Is the, Has this downturn in Calgary specifically forced some change maybe? I think so. And it, I mean, it comes back to that conversation around what we're doing, how we're doing it and why. And I think more than ever, you know, I know for Ryan Murphy, we embrace our story. We, we're, we put ourselves out there, whether it's on LinkedIn or Instagram and really embrace that part of like, hey, you know what? Like this has been a lot of fun, but look at these amazing companies and businesses we get to work with every day. I mean, for me to have an entrepreneur come to Ryan Murphy and say, okay, guys, um, I'm quitting my job and uh, this is my <laughs> life savings and I'm starting a business. Here, Here's my pot of money, literally. Um, and I mean, we take that so seriously, but it's also so exciting because we can relate on a level being business owners and understand what it is that they're really putting out there and giving up. So it's... Um, I think there's just a whole piece around that, that uh, it is shifting the industry. And I think that technology will continue to push the industry forward. I mean, there's uh, a lot of um, work being done right now with getting more females into construction. I was going to ask that. So you talked about SATE and some of their programs. Mm -hmm. Is it a movement in, you know, I was talking to, I interviewed uh, Trevor Deck from Tuco Motorcycle School. He said like, 15 years ago, one, one woman in class. Now he said 50, 50. Oh, you're kidding. Just like it's seeing it everywhere. So, and you know, and motorcycling, uh, the, like, you know, we're in that industry and the biggest opportunity for growth for those brands is actually appealing and building, building products that are actually comfortable for female riders, like changing the, changing their thinking. For sure. And And I think it's, it's overdue. (laughs) It is. It is. And it's, it's to your point, you know, if, if you see it, you believe it. So whether you're talking about, you know, someone that might be slinging a hammer or the president of the United States, you know, if, if we can put that visual image out there and allow um, that to become more of a norm versus what we've seen in the past, then it will change. It's still, I mean, I think we're 3% in the construction industry. Is as, that what the number as, is? I believe so. The last yeah. stat I looked at and, and certainly as business owners, we're definitely in the one percentile. Mm-hmm. So there, um, there's a great company out of Ontario owned by Mandy Renahan. It's called Freshco, um, not the grocery store. And she has, um, she's actually trademarked the term, the collar blue and is really pushing. So she comes from, uh, such an interesting background and, and from trades, 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 that's, that is her focus. And, and we compliment each other, Ryan Murphy and her business Freshco very much because we've always more so just, 
the way it happened is we've been more on the entrepreneurial side and supporting business owners and working in that area. And she's on the, on the trade, on the trade side. So it's fantastic. Oh, interesting. That's a nice, okay. I see what you mean. So we've connected and and funny enough over Instagram is how we met and social media, the world gets smaller and smaller. Yeah. So she's actually the keynote at SATE this March 8th for international women's day. They're bringing her in to speak and uh, we're collaborating on some projects, so stay tuned. There might be some interesting. Keep me, keep me in the loop. I want to tell that story. That's fun. Yeah. That's great because it is a it's it's a balance. I like you know understanding, uh, even chatting with you, tell your perspective of how you guys really lean in with those entrepreneurs, with those business owners, with those people that are building their. Here's my pot of money. Absolutely, that's a that's a huge responsibility. Oh, it's you know? crazy. You know, we always joke, respect your clients' money, and you'll always have it. Uh, you know, it's beyond money at that yeah. point. It's you know you're you're taking their dreams in, in your hands and, and growing and growing it. I know some of the business you've been involved around town and that have that have flourished but again everybody it's a risk it is and i think this is risky it's scary you know when it's your own money and and when it's construction people do tend to worry that uh things will go sideways oh what if the project gets delayed etc well we all know those stories like you said earlier there there is some horror stories and there's i I don't think i've heard any stories like oh my god it was great it was totally under budget and on time i haven't heard a lot of those stories yeah no for sure and maybe from your customers let's be clear let's be crystal clear of course yes but that (laughs) and and honestly the best compliment that we ever received was from one of those business owners saying, you know, I was the most stressed out about the construction of my business. And in the end, it was the thing I had to worry about the least. And that to me, Oh, that's, that's a great, was awesome because then, you know, they were able to focus on the business, do what they do best, not worry about something that, you know, they're kind of just trying to play catch up. And the educational piece, um, for the industry is, is something that we take very close to heart. So we'll take the time to talk to our clients about why we're doing this, what the processes are and the outcomes so that they understand why we need to submit a certain amount of drawings to the city, why we need to engage engineers and really why them through and not just you know come in beating our chest saying like well this is how it's done so i think that there's a lot because to be we said sa- because we said so <laughs> and that and it's yeah. made a big difference and you know i think when you can comfort people with information it's like anything they can move forward and feel like okay this is good do you do your work and i'll do mine and um and it just getting giving them that extra perspective it's, it's just communication and it's interesting if you talk like so much of everything that's happening from a cons- consumers are becoming more empowered every step of the way. They're coming in more informed. They're showing up at the car dealership already knowing the specs, the price, the like everything. Yeah. It's, you know, we do live in the age of the customer. It's something we talk about a lot. And the companies that are embracing that, well, you don't have any choice because again, the customer has so much power. Yep. You're not the only, no one's the only game in town ever. That's right. We're not even in town. You like, you know, you can buy anything from anywhere in the world almost, right. you know, especially in your space or even in ours, it's very competitive. Yeah. There's lots of great people to, but if you, make the customer feel empowered you make them feel like that you know because unknown creates fear for all of us that's great that's into how you guys approach it so where do you see things headed just more of the same same to like or maybe overall industry because i'm always curious to get like an industry perspective yeah. but then also for you guys for ryan murphy well, I think from an industry perspective, I see a lot of positive things happening. I think that, you know, in Calgary, we look at the National Music Center, the library, and, you know, the new BMO and the great work that the CMLC is doing in collaboration with the city and a lot of uh, the changes that are happening and uh, the individuals that are driving those builds and the change. And, you know, we're getting into that age where actually it's our it's our peers and, and now we're right. in the driver's seat more and more. So... I, I still think that, you know, the construction is ripe for change. I think there's um, disruption 
happening around us every day. And I think that, you know, the smokestack businesses, as I like to say, say are, are definitely not far away. Right now there's so much focus on, on the tech sector right. that sometimes I think we feel a little bit left out, but, um, so we're it's maybe not as sexy as some <laughs> of the other sectors. No, you're right. No, I hear, I hear you. For yeah. Sure. So it's, it's, uh, continuing to build for Ryan Murphy, the brand, uh, you know, really, uh, chipping out, you know, our, our, uh, our flagstone here in Calgary and continue to work with businesses and individuals in the community and uh, hopefully continue to expand across the country as we move forward, building those client relationships. It's, you know, we're in a growth phase right now and, and, uh, you know, all things considered in Calgary and sort of as we, we come out of this downturn, it's, um, exhilarating and exciting, but also a little bit scary. But again, I, you know, usually when I have a, a bit of fear of God in me, it's, what I need to do keeps, and when keeps, I need keeps you full, keeps you I need track. to yeah. to move forward so there's a lot of uh, exciting things I think the city um, as we move forward will be better for a lot of what's happened it's not been easy but I think it's brought us together in a different way and there's a lot of uh, you know the political um, climate right now is, is is a bit challenging and so I think once things hopefully settle and people become comfortable and where everything lands um, we'll be able to keep pushing forward but I, I hear more positive stories than negative stories mm-hmm. and those are those the ones that I, I choose to focus on and really I we chat about it even this year like for us last February to this there's a different vibe in the city there's people are still cautious but there's a like okay we need to move forward That's there's right. a point where you can only kind of go home with your toys for so long and you've got to get out there and, right. and, and make things happen and, and it's scary but those are that's when innovation happens and that's where it it sparks entrepreneurship it sparks small businesses that real what really drives our economy is exactly. those people that are willing out to make it to make it happen and i think that you said that it what doesn't kill you makes you stronger yeah yeah absolutely. <laughs> and you know calgary the four years we've had a good a good kind of walloping yeah a little bit and i think i think we're all ready for it to be over but at the same time there's some good things that will come of it and have yep Yep, there's no question, and I think we will continue to see those. And I think as a as a community, we will be better. It's just uh, it's tough. It could be you know as a business owner, I mean you know it's it's uh, it's you, you know you have to be cut from a certain cloth and uh, have an ability to move forward. And you know having that you know coupled in with a uh, with some change in the the environment around this business in general and the downturn that we've gone through it, it, it is, it's, it's, it's tough, but there's always a way, there's always work. There's always a way to figure out and solve the problem. And I think that, uh, we just have to continue to do that, but it's, you know, it's amazing. And I think, you know, I think back to my grandfather and, you know, we love gold, go-kart racing. And you mentioned that a couple of times. Right? So we used to, we used to go a lot and, you know, he always would, he would teach me to use the little side paths and, you know, you'd say, Lara, you'll, you'll always get to the finish line, the destination. You just might take a different path or road. And, you know, I, I think back, cause I, I used to just savor those days in the summer where we could go out and, and do the, the, the go-kart racing. And, you know, he really taught me a lot and just those simplistic lessons that, you know, things can get complicated and business can get murky, but really at the end of the day, just trying to bring it all back to, to what your goals and values are and to push what's forward. Im- what's important to you. Absolutely. And having that out there, cause you're right, you can get, you can lose, you can lose sight yeah and i think whether it's whether it's a team or whether it's yourself having that out there and you know have a vision and share it often concept that's right you know i think first the first benefactor is always yourself and then when you have a team of people it's 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 so important like you said earlier to be transparent and include them in part of that mm-hmm. process and i think that's where business is changing as more transparency less of the ivory tower and ivory tower doesn't just it doesn't only exist in big companies that's right it's you know that mindset and perfect. Um, so from somebody wanted to, uh, a couple questions. Uh, last one, 
advice for anybody wanting to like male or female wanting to get into the construction industry. They want to get into the trades sure. and they're like, you're right. It's maybe not as sexy as getting into, you know, the STEM and the science and technology and engineering and mathematics, but it's, it, they love doing that, which yeah. you did from day one. Any, any advice or anything you'd recommend or words of encouragement? Sure. I mean, I, I think that, you know, from the, you know, if, if, you know, it's pretty sexy when you get to build amazing businesses and, and leave a mark on the city. Um, so, you know, from that perspective, absolutely. There's, there's lots of ways that you can make an impact that lasts for many, many, many years that, uh, lots of your fellow citizens get to enjoy, but like with any business or anyone looking, not just construction, but in different career, find a mentor, but find one that's in your industry and that knows your industry, not just someone that loves you and thinks you're brilliant, and encourages you. <laughs> that's really that's really good advice. <laughs> so someone in in the industry, male, female, it doesn't matter. Pick up the phone. I made so many cold calls; it was ridiculous. My palms used to sweat a lot, um, you know. And I, I do each week. I still have a goal of making two new co- contacts that I don't know, um, and and moving forward, putting myself out of the, my comfort zone. But I would say, you know, get involved, take some courses. Try to find shadow people, go to a business, and whether it's an architecture design or a developer or a general contractor like Ryan Murphy, and ask if you can shadow and, you know, just just watch and learn. And if you're looking for mentorship, maybe go to a place like SATE or go to a trade school and find someone that you can talk to and, and find out what the real day-to-day is like. And, and that will help you a lot because it's, it may not be for everyone. And whether it's that you want to start your own company or you'd like to get involved and become a PM, just look at the courses, the syllabus, and talk to people that have graduated and get advice because that's, that's the, the, my biggest pet peeve. Um, is that a lot of potential business owners don't ask questions. Everyone wants to figure it out themselves. Be curious. There's someone, you know, I joke, I, used to be in a, I was in an executive leadership group and my buddy always said, he goes, the reason I'm here is because someone in this room has stepped on the landmine that I'm about to step on. But if I don't put my hand up and say, hey, I'm, I'm having this situation, like willing to be wrong, willing to be humble, willing to say you don't know, I think right. is, as a business owner, it's mandatory. It's yeah. mandatory. Because yeah. I guarantee like 60% of your day, you don't know what, what to right. do next. But having that resource to be able to call people up. So if someone wanted to give you a call, just say uh, randomly what's the best way to get a hold of you guys what's the best way to say to well, get in touch i think uh, i mean i i love uh linkedin's been a wonderful tool for me so definitely uh i'm always out there on linkedin but we have uh, our website ryanmurphyconstruction.com and there's a uh, uh, info request more information that you can click on and or twitter Instagram or Facebook on, on all the usual suspects. We are all on the all channels. The, nice. So I think that already is a standout from some of the other competitors in the and construction space. No, I think it's it's fascinating. We've really from the very beginning embraced, embraced it. it. Yeah, and I can track back the first job that we a client we've acquired from a text, the first from our oh, website, that's awesome. the first from Instagram. So you can attribute that all the way back. Yeah, and it's it's great because once you get over a certain hurdle, you know it's it's often like when you graduate, you know, uh, with a degree, it's very anticlimactic. You build up, build up, but oh, oh, okay, that's it. Now, oh, no, uh, now, now, now this whole other phase of work <laughs> starts. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it, it's uh, it's great. But yeah, any of our social media channels and uh, or, you know, old fashioned phone too works. Sometimes, yes. Let's not, <laughs> let's not overlook just having a good old fashioned chat over that's the right. phone. Thank you so much for coming in. It was wonderful chatting with you. Thank and you. best of luck. And I look forward to chatting further. Thanks so much. Mm-hmm.